Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship and Developing Markets. I am here with my co-host, Lincoln. Lincoln, how's it going? We're doing great. Greetings from Tunis. The weather is perfect out here. I can see why the Romans liked it. How's been your experience living in Tunisia so far? And what has it been, a month now? It's been a month. It's a great place. People are wonderful. It has its challenges like every place, but life is, life is good and affordable and, and safe in, in Tunis. So we're enjoying. Well, you know, you're settled in as soon as you find that barber that you go to every, been, <laughs> every been there month. twice now. Oh, so you've been there twice now. <laughs> he's, he's a good one. And you always learn things, right? I mean, part of the reason you go to that is to get your hair cut. You know, that other reasons are to learn some new things. And also to good listen. exchangers of information and to listen in the conversation as to what people are thinking, how they're feeling exactly. about the yeah. environment. Mm -hmm. Well, in today's episode, what we want to discuss is, is this still a good time to be building a business overseas with so many things happening across the globe with the war in Ukraine, Israel, Palestine conflict, China's policies with businesses and the last couple of weeks, some executives not being able to leave the country and the debt situation that most countries currently face right now, and also looming U.S. government shutdown and governments across the world becoming more authoritarian every single day. A lot of stuff is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's a great place. So yeah, I agree with you. There's some challenges in the world. A lot of countries are... In especially outside the United States, they're still suffering with this contagion caused by COVID, very high debt levels, inflation at high rates, cost of living increasing for a lot of people. You know, we, we think we feel that in the United States, but when you have a 30% increase uh, cost of living in Egypt, for example, over the last year, that means a lot of bread that isn't bought, a lot of things that don't happen especially from the poorest to the poor. And that lend, lend, lends itself to more authoritarian reactions because leaders are scared because they're not able to, their people are unhappy uh, and leads also to worse migration. We've got, we're probably migrating more right now in the world than we have in the history of the world. It's great mm -hmm. migrations from the South to the North and, and then around within countries. Lots of displaced, internally displaced people. Overlaid on all of that is this great demographic shift where countries like China have forgotten to have children. And they've suddenly realized that their future is very bleak. And other nations are having a wholesale change of population because they're also not having children, but they're importing people from the South to, to make up for that. And so that changes a lot of what was the status quo. And as you rightly said, there's this authoritarian Authoritarianism, which I think was helped by the authoritarianism of the United States recently and by the, our inability to settle ourselves as a country and to make it a model democracy that could be a model. And so I think the standards are a little lower about how to lead a country and the people have taken advantage of that. So, yeah, if you're thinking about going overseas, it's not as enticing as it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, perhaps. Uh, what would you do as an investor, as an entrepreneur? Do you feel like pulling back and just staying in San Francisco? <laughs> Sometimes I think about it. I don't think it's not, it's not something that doesn't cross my mind. It Right now, depending on 
what you listen to and it could feel very it could feel very negative for mm -hmm. sure that everything that over the last you know 40 years in terms of you know globalism is, start, is starting to collapse on itself a little bit and this you know expansion that has been happening is is starting to shrink down but i think for me as an entrepreneur i think there's there's still i still see vast amount of opportunities in different countries across across the globe and i wouldn't pull back but i also would be i would be a lot more conscious as to where i operate in within the next you know 5 years because just the amount sure. of changes that are happening i think this is I'm reading this book right now about change. It has nothing to do with any politics or anything like that. But it just mentioned like throughout history, there's a there's always just these cycles of, you know, order, disorder, and reorder that happens. <laughs> and so, yeah. So right now, we're starting to head towards that disorder phase of things where mm -hmm. you know things are going to reorder themselves. And also, you know, like what is I always remember, I don't know exact quotes, but Warren Buffett talked about when, you know, when everybody's scared is when you, <laughs> when you buy. So yeah, was, when everyone's headed for the exits, when you want to be going in, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I feel like it also, also provides a lot of opportunity. Exactly. Could be some good opportunities. That's a really good point you make about this, the end or the, an order being shaken up because, and I like what you say about a news cycle. We have to be cognizant of what we're hearing versus what the reality is. If you mm -hmm. look at the numbers and by any measure, the world order that was put in place at the end of World War II has brought more people out of poverty and created more freedom than any other time in the history of the world. And that has largely been supervised by the United States who set up the rules through the international organizations like World Bank and UN and so on. Simply the, the United States set up the rules and then was willing to police it and allow everybody to participate in it in a fair way. And it created a huge amount of prosperity. I mean, even with the Cold War intervening, but you can see how much prosperity increased by leaps and bounds after the end of the Cold War. So as a world, we should be saying that freedom works, but there's also some inequities that need to be addressed in the system. And as you said, that's, that's gonna create some disorder. And, and there's two conflicts going on since Saturday. One, one's been going on for two, two years, almost a year and a half, which is the Ukraine conflict, which threatens to bring all nations on one side or another, and it's a polarizing event. And then on Saturday, the Iranians and Hamas decided to create another one, which of course has been a long running dispute, but this also has the potential of drawing lines and polarizing people and decreasing the freedom of movement, and freedom of business, and freedom of expression, and all those other things that you need to be successful in a free market. So. I think you're wise to, to be aware of those things, but what about this heading for the heading in when everyone else is heading for the exit? Where would you <laughs> <I> go? Think... <laughs> where would I go? Man, I don't know. I'm already, I'm already where I'm supposed to be right now. So I don't have any other place that I, I would go to, but I think it, you'll find opportunity in, in any market. It just depends on what you're what you're doing in that market but right now i still think we had like one of our earlier episodes i think 
the Middle East is a, is a great place right now for business, especially like Saudi Arabia and what they're in the massive amount of development and infrastructure that they're building. What they just put in a bid for the 2034th like FIFA World Cup. So they are opening themselves up and it's not something that reading the news, you know, 20 years ago in like middle, like in middle school, like I would think that Saudi Arabia would be opening themselves up to more like international tourism. But here we are and, you know, heading towards 2024 and that's become one of their big emphasis is like welcoming the world to like bringing Saudi Arabia to the world. So I think that's been a huge shift. Yeah, it's a good point. So we need to be ready for change and notice it when it happens, not be stuck mm -hmm. in our, in our narratives that, of how we think the world is ordered, who's good and who's, who's good at what and who's bad and sort of judge things on their merits and on judge people on their behavior. There's, I think there's some cycles that all people go through. I do in my own personal life between freedom and fear. Countries do the same thing, uh, cho choosing to be free versus choosing to be fearful and kind of pulling back. And I've been telling people around here that in Africa, there's this cycle, dictator cycle, where a dictator comes to power. He's able to stay in power because he's able to buy people off, feed them, and, and then the country inevitably goes broke because you can't, that just doesn't, it's not sustainable. And so in 10 years or 20 years or five years or whatever the, the horizon is, the country goes broke. There's some sort of a revolution. He's deposed. And then they cast around and hopefully do some kind of democratic experiment. And if they don't get their economic policy right, then they're still broke. And they say, well, remember back when we had the dictator? Yeah, that was a pretty good deal. I remember we used to eat then, at least we had food. And so they, in their minds, the dictatorship is correspond, corresponds with them having some level of prosperity. And so they will welcome a dictator back if he can feed them. And so it's, it's difficult. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this rash of coups in, in Africa. There's also the rise of populist and dictatorial leaders in other countries as well. Do you, do you think some of these massive changes, I know the aging population has plays, is playing a huge role in geopolitics across the globe, but do you also see some of these like massive changes just due to more people getting older? They've already cited it. Just like you mentioned, they've cycled through. They're in a current cycle themselves, like the generation that's been in leadership position, trying to mm -hmm. hold on to what the last remaining amount of power that they have left and not accepting that the world has, you know, is constantly changing, just like, you know, throughout our whole entire lives, our body, where our body's constantly aging, the world's constant, mother nature is constantly changing, but us as humans, sometimes we get into the state where, where we want to maintain the permanent status quo for as long as we can and refuse to adjust. And, and a lot of the times we just end up creating more pain for ourselves and more hardship along the way by refusing to adjust. Do you think that's also playing into some of these conflicts that we are seeing right now across the globe? Yeah, I think it's surprisingly important for young men and young women to be able to form families. Now, this is probably not something that you hear very often in the international <laughs> political economy, but 
observe the people who are recruited to be terrorists. Observe the, the demography of the people who are rioting in the streets. <clears throat> if, if, a, if a young man aged in his 20s is not able to find sufficient employment to get married and have a family, becomes extremely frustrated and easily exploited. And you can go back and look at as far back as the Rwanda genocide, for example, and see examples of that. And look around at countries that are having problems and why China is desperate to provide jobs for people because unemployed people who are unable to create families because there's a lot of tradition in most, you're, you're about to go get married. It's not cheap, yeah. is it? No. <laughs> okay. So if you were unemployed, if you were selling newspapers on this, at the roundabout in San Francisco, would your wife have married you? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. You'd be a frustrated man, educated with ability and a future and selling newspapers on the street or washing windows or whatever, whatever they do in San Francisco, they sell newspapers in Africa or they used to we have newspapers. So you would just be a frustrated future terrorist. And if somebody came along and blamed your problems on the neighbors who are coming in from next door or on Western influence or on whatever, pick the, pick the enemy, blame it on somebody and then say, you know, come with us and we're going to go get them and, and we're going to give you something to do and you're going to be able to react to your circumstances. So that part of demography, I think is really important. And it's important to think about who's getting old and retiring and not useful anymore, but it's really important to think about those 20, 20 or 20s, people in their 20s who are not able to get married and settle down and have children. You're, you're about to get married and that's important. But the real huge change in your life will come when you have children. <laughs> if there's going to be any tectonic shift in your thinking, and if there's going to be any huge change in your plans, you're going to become different as a person. It's when you have children. And so I think we should consider the importance of families and creating peace. Especially when many places in the world are still having kids, you know, exactly. <laughs> or allowed to have kids culturally. So I, I interact with young men all the time in, in North Africa who would love to get married and immigrants, African immigrants who are up here trying to do the harka to cross the Mediterranean who have, would love to get married, but they can't, there's no hope of that. Nobody's going to let them mm -hmm. get married. They can't even, they can't even pay the labola or the bride price. You know, mm -hmm. what, how much was yours by the way? <laughs> and there wasn't any bride, bride price. <laughs> oh, wow. You got off cheap. Man, that's a weird, that's a, that's a weird concept to, to me. <laughs> not, not something that you're, that your people do in Nigeria. It's not an Eastern Nigerian thing. Oh, they, they do it. They do it. But you know, my, my wife's, my wife's family, they're amazing. So they're, they're not really, it, they're, you know, I think the father explained it to me. It's just, he was like, it's a very weird concept okay, good. for him to do that. Well, you married yeah. right. You married right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, but as an entrepreneur, what do you what do you do with this amount of sheer amount of noise and negativity and and at the same time actual true change that's happening that a lot of us are not a lot of a lot of us haven't gone through, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably still at the beginning stages of like going into international markets. What do you do? Like how do you navigate that? How have you navigated that? 
throughout your career yeah. because I'm sure you've been through cycles where, you know, things haven't gone there. You've, you've heard changes have happened. I can even, can only even imagine, you know, after September 11, what changes took place on the national business market after 9-11. Yeah. I started my, my Af African energy, my company right after that. And mm -hmm. that was a flat idea because it was the same sort of withdrawal uh, that people experienced and, and there was, there was less investment and less thinking of going into global markets. I, th I think I did, did not do a very good job of taking advantage of COVID. I noticed some other people who are, who acted quickly, who were able to predict some trends and instead of sitting around reading the news and being scared and wondering and sort of getting in this fascination of how terrible things could be. I mean, admit it, it's we're all, we all kind of get into that when there's some kind of a tragedy. These people were moving ahead and getting and doing things that ended up being great for them, quickly reacting to the circumstances. And so I sort of, sort of kicked myself because I didn't think I did it. I started a company, but it wasn't a very smart one. Well, it hasn't been very successful yet. But you could, you could look at these problems as opportunities. I mean, that's a worn out phrase, but really <laughs> where there's where there's a lot of change, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some, some arbitrage opportunities at least. Yeah. And I, I think it's difficult to push a, push ahead when everyone is pulling back and uh -huh. you're, you're fighting against not only your brain, our brain tends to do these things where even though we necessarily need to do, like we need to take a certain specific action in order to better ourselves or better our business, our brain as at that, there's a point where our brain's like, you should, Donovan, you should not do that. Like if you do that, you might embarrass yourself or you might cause harm to yourself. And sometimes your brain is right in terms of, yeah, you shouldn't jump off that cliff. You might, <laughs> you might cause harm to yourself, but at the same time, you're maybe at that point where if you make that leap, it could take your business or your career further, but everything around you is telling you not, not to do it because of all of this fear that's just floating around. Now I'm looking at that from like my personal pers perspective. And, I, and one of the things that I thought about this morning, as we were getting ready to record this is, you know, like at the end of the day, like how long am I did I cook myself to this process for? And do I envision the, the world being a better place 10, 20 years from now? And the answer to that question, when I asked myself that is I said, yes. So what position do I want to be in 10, 20 years from now? So I need to do these things that I'm doing right now. Like I need to continue to push, push ahead, even though there are dramatic changes that are happening because Things don't tend to last as long as we think it, it lasts. For example, most people can barely now remember COVID, even though it was two years, even though it was like two years ago, the experience of COVID at the time felt very intense, felt like it was never going to end. But right now I have a hard time. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time recalling all of the COVID experiences that yeah. happened to me, you know, and I feel that this is like where we're at right now is going to be the exact same thing three, four, 10 years from now. That's a good point. I think things are never as bad or as good as they seem. And that's an important thing to remember. The first news in a crisis is always wrong. And so, you know, don't lose your head. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be 
as terrible as you think or as good as you think. I was talking to a young man one time in my, one of my ecclesiastical roles, and he said something that was really useful to me. I said, so you're making some big decisions, and these decisions are going to have consequences for your life. Do you feel worried about that? And he said, they're going to have consequences for my life regardless of what decision I make. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. The time's going to go on anyway, and whether I make a decision or not, I'm going to have the consequence, so I'd rather make the right decision. That kind of ties into what you're saying. Like, we've got a limited horizon on this earth. Each of us only have a certain amount of time to live, and at some point you've got to cowboy up and just do it. Opportunities yeah, well, don't always come twice. They usually don't, especially... Just like you mentioned uh, with COVID, I was like, dang, man, instead of watching the news and getting involved in <laughs> all of that garbage that happened, there was a lot of opportunity wasted on just consuming worthless news. <laughs> but that about wraps up this episode of Entrepreneurship in Developing Markets. If you love this episode, make sure to give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app, and we will catch you next time.